The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. And welcome wrestling fans to the Ice Hour. This podcast is aimed at promoting the world of Division Three college wrestling and is named for the late Hall of Fame coach Dave Eisenhower. Here we'll talk about topics and news that's relevant to those who compete for the love of the sport in Division Three. The Ice Hour is sponsored by My House Sports Gear. Check out their line of wrestling gear and apparel at MyHouseSportsGear.com. Subscribe using your favorite podcasting app by going to MattTalkOnline.com slash ice. Episode 26 of the Ice Hour, a D3 Wrestling Podcast. We are going to head to North Manchester, Indiana, and talk with the head coach of the Manchester Spartans, Kevin Lake. Kevin Lake, you are an alum of Manchester. You're back in Division Three coaching, and now your third year at your alma mater. Welcome to the Ice Hour. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. And, and thank you, you know, for all you do for, for wrestling and, and really for D3 wrestling. It's pretty neat. I'm I'm a, a big fan of your podcast, you know, a long time listener, first time caller, so to speak. So. <laughs> Didn't realize it's Fox Sports Midwest here. It's no, I'm, I'm going to put my fake radio voice <laughs> on. But a lot of things to talk about, including uh, what, what you're doing there at your alma mater. First off, the opportunity to wrestle in Division three, uh, you know, it presented itself to you years ago. Uh, why did you choose Division three? And ultimately, why did you choose to further your college wrestling career at Manchester? Well, it goes pretty deep for me. You know, my father is an alum. Um, he played football here at Manchester. And so as a kid, I remember oftentimes coming over here for football games. And so I was really familiar with the campus as a youth. Um, you know, I grew up about 45 to 50 minutes from here. But really, um, I don't tell the story very often, but the real reason I came to Manchester is because my twin sister wanted to come here. And so when we when we were starting to, to look at college opportunities and I was, you know, an average wrestler, uh, average high school wrestler, and she was a, an above average uh, basketball player. And um you know, we went on a couple visits together and, you know, Manchester in a lot of ways felt like home for both of us. And she ended up going on to have a Hall of Fame career as a basketball player and softball player here. And I just went on to have a, a career. So um, the the irony of the whole thing, and, and I tell the story to any recruit that comes on campus, we walk through and we have a our Hall of Fame. It's kind of a Hall of Champions that we walk through and I show recruits and I talk about the history and tradition of our program, our wrestling program here at Manchester but also in that hall is my sister, of course, who played basketball, and then my father, who was a member of a Hall of Fame football team in the late 60s. And so, you know, I always, I always joke that in the, at Thanksgiving, I got to sit at the little kids' table until I get in the Hall of Fame over here. So hopefully as a coach, that'll be my, my path to the Hall of Fame here at Manchester. Yeah, it's one thing. It's like, yeah, hey, Coach uh, Lake, is that, uh, is that your sister up there, Coach? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they all know, and they all remind me too. They, they, you know, when the guys come here, they, they, they get a kick, kick out of it. So, well, you also bring up the family dynamic too, because in Division Three, I know that there are some kids from, uh, from my hometown whose parents went to Wheaton, and they elected to go to Wheaton to play football and wrestling. Of course, my hometown is on the the southeastern portion of Virginia, so there's a lot of the legacy yeah. situations in Division Three as well, and the opportunity that you know you had a family member that wanted to do multiple sports in college that that type of thing doesn't really afford itself at the division one and division two levels i mean uh how did manchester basically serve everybody in your family's needs in that that regard well and i think i mean you hit you hit the nail on the head i mean that's what makes division three great um it just creates so many opportunities and and i believe that the the division three philosophy you know values 
um, you know, diverse interests. And so we talk about this a lot as a team. And this is something I learned a lot about when I was in coaching in the Ivy League at Princeton, because I think the Ivy League shares a lot of the same values um, that are reflected in Division Three, and and we value guys who bring outside interests into our program. It it adds to the whole; it doesn't take away. And so, you know, when I was at Princeton, we had a a guy on the team who was a concert pianist, and you know, occasionally they have to miss practice because of of um, you know an event or something that he had to perform in. And and the same goes for you know student athletes here that we have that are multi sport athletes. And for my sister, she she was just a great athlete. And she loved competing. Uh, Manchester was a great fit for that reason, and um, she had an amazing experience. And 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 really, um, those experiences and that pursuit of excellence and whatever it may be contributes to uh, you know her ability to to perform on the basketball court, which was her first love. And certainly, you know, for our guys, if they have outside interests and they're pursuing excellence, and that contributes to that pursuit on the mat. And we, and we really value that and try to to play that up. And that's what makes Division Three great. I want to go back to this this pianist thing here at (laughs) Princeton okay so as a wrestling coach so much of it is the hand fight and the collar tie and you know and and winning that fight within the fight how do you try to get across to somebody who wants to use their fingers to make a living that I mean that's got to be a tough thing be like you want to sit there be like no coach I can't man if I break (laughs) a finger man I'm I'm done I I, you know I feel we had we had yeah, we had a guy who ended up being a surgeon, and who knows what. And, and he had a, a, a an amazing snap. You know, his, he was great with his hands. Um, you know, that, that's a great point. And that's not a lesson that I learned. You know, my coaching journey is, is really unique in a lot of ways, and, and mostly in that I competed at Division Three. And to be quite honest, I was you know an average Division Three wrestler on a really good team. Um, and then I had an opportunity to, to coach at Division One level, which is you know somewhat unique for someone in my position with my background. And so, you know, going through that process and kind of learning from those different mentors that I had throughout my coaching career, that's something at, at um, Princeton that, I, that really hit home for me was that that um, value system coaching where we it wasn't just wrestling. It wasn't just about being the best wrestler you could be. It, it, it was that, but it was also about being the best person and the best athlete, and in some cases, the best pianist, right? And um, in balancing that and finding, you know, that in you know, kind of uh, softening that you got to be here and you got to be here every day and you got to give your all when in reality, you know, there was a lot of things pulling on and, and they had those to make those kind of decisions. And um, in the end, I think it really contributed to those individuals growth and development and ultimately their wrestling performance. I also want to point out that in over a thousand podcasts that I've produced in my career, including 400 last year, this is the most that the word pianist has ever been said on any particular program. So. <laughs> and probably the, yeah, I'll take, I'll take that. I, you, you, know, you gotta be, you gotta be first something, find your niche, right? Let's find your niche. Now, <laughs> the the yeah. niche with a lot of coaches within wrestling is, is they end up back at their alma mater. Your coaching career didn't, didn't start at Manchester, although it, it you can kind of say it might have because that may be where you discovered that you wanted to be a wrestling coach, but you spent a lot of time uh, around Division One wrestling rooms, and of course, before you came to Manchester again, you were at Beat the Streets Los Angeles. But the the battle for a Division Three wrestler to want to be a wrestling coach, there's uh, right now, I think, off the top of my head, Andy Lozier at Davidson and and Sam Barber at the Air Force Academy are the only head coaches at the Division One level that were Division Three athletes. I mean, where where do you think that? That that's the toughest part to be a Division three guy. I want to coach at the Division one level. I mean, do you constantly have to search for respect? Yeah, you do. And it's interesting. Um, coach Burley from Central Michigan. And when I say Coach Burley, I'm I'm always talking about um, Tom Burley, not Jason. I know Jason really well, and I always tease him. But 
whenever you say Coach Borelli, it's got to be Tom to me, and, and you know, the other Coach Borelli will always be Jason. But um, Coach Borelli had a big impact on that for me. And so when I decided to go to, to Central Michigan for graduate school, I wasn't sure I wanted to coach. Um, you know, my, my father was a football coach, so I had, you know, I kind of had that, and, and it always was a, um, a passion of mine. And my college coach was uh, is a Hall of Fame coach who actually coached at the Division One level prior to, to being at Manchester. He coached at Northwestern um, for a while, and then you know a couple other places before Manchester. And so, you know, it wasn't until I got to Central and Coach Borelli really kind of took me under his wing and. and and, and gave me some opportunities that very few people would. And something he said to me always um, kind of resonated. And he said, uh, coaching's coaching. And if you're good at it, it's going to come through. And what he was trying to tell me was, you don't have to coach at Division One level to be a great coach. Um, and although my coaching path took me to a couple of Division One places, I always knew in the back of my head that I, it would be okay if I didn't end up coaching, you know, being a head coach at a Division One institution um, and it gave me kind of the confidence I needed to, to pursue some opportunities and, and really explore. And my coaching journey took me from the Midwest to New Jersey, back to the Midwest and then out to the West Coast and then all the way back to the Midwest. And so, you know, without that, you know, I credit Coach Grilly for a lot of um, guidance and mentorship in that regard. Do you think maybe because it was part of Coach Borelli's career that, you know, he wasn't an All-American? I mean, he wrestled at the Citadel, and he had coaching success yeah. at Lake Superior State before getting the job at Central Michigan. So he kind of instills that based on his own experiences? A hundred percent. I think, you know, his experience, um, you know, gave me the confidence to, to you know, pursue a similar path. And so um, even to this day, I, you know, I, I talk to him as much as I can and, and look for feedback and insight. And so I, I'm I'm certain that that played a, a big role in that for me. I want to get into what the program is doing right now, but uh, you, you had alluded to Tom Jarman. You didn't mention my name, but he is the the coach that you had talked about that was uh, recently retired. He was the AD there for a long time. He, again, spent time coaching at Northwestern. What was his influence on on you as a coach and you as an athlete? It, it was great. And, you know, it's as a coach now, I think about this. Um, I didn't know how much he impacted me until later. Um, at the time, you don't, you know, and, you kind of have to, as a coach, you have to remind yourself that you don't always know how you're impacting these, um, these student athletes. And one thing is for sure, they're always listening. And, and I was, and so, you know, I think to a degree, even coach Jarman would be surprised if he knew how much he actually impacted me and, and, um, my pursuit of, of coaching and, and a lot of the values that I carry with me. And he, he instilled those very first, um, values of coaching, um, of coaching values and what it means to be a coach. And I, I told the story um, at a coaches, it was actually a coaches meeting, officials association put on a coaches meeting. And when I came back to Manchester, it was probably a month or two after being here and, and coach Jarman was great. Um, just, you know, helping me. And we sat down and, and had breakfast one day and he took out this piece of paper and he said, here you go, get a pen. He's like, let's go through all the things uh, that you need to do. Okay. You ready? He's like, okay. It's administrative. You got to do this. You got to do the run in tournaments. You got to do camps. You got to do recruiting. You got to. I had this sheet and I still have it. And there's just all kinds of stuff all over it. He said, okay, this is probably about 45 minutes, right? He said, okay, give me the sheet. And then he took my sheet and he scribbled everything I wrote and, and made it so I couldn't read it. He scribbled it all out. And then he wrote at the top. He said, it's all about the kids. And then he gave it back to me. And it, it was his way of, you know, Coach Sharman has a way of, of saying, yeah, all this stuff you got to do, but the most important thing is the kids. 
And um, that's really stuck with me. And, and that's, you know, why I came back to coach at Division Three um, to have that impact. Uh, I think it's the best division for lots of reasons. And, um, you know, and he, he reinforced it, and he, he's the one who put that in me in the first place. So it was pretty neat for that to come full circle. Well, it's actually not uh, not also the uh, you know, we've had a couple Manchester references. At least I have in the past couple weeks. As a matter of fact, your SID Mark Adkins was a longtime SID at Wardburg, so he's been around championship culture and championship traditions there uh, at the yeah. Division Three level. And I go down, I get called down to Texas at the beginning of January to to help with this movie ending, the scene in a movie where Dan Gable, Randy Lewis, and I are basically broadcasting for this. And the guy who is actually choreographing the wrestling scenes was originally an extra and then said that the wrestling wasn't believable. And then the producers hired him to re-choreograph the wrestling scene. Manchester wrestling graduate. So uh, Joe, Joel Shearer, a little shout out to you. Co. So really? We were, yeah, yeah. We were oh. talking about Manchester wrestling down there in Texas with Dan Gable. So it was, it was, that was kind of interesting. That's pretty neat. But, well, I, when I was in L.A., um, interesting Manchester, you probably won't hear this word very often in your podcast either, but basketball coach. So Steve Alford, his first college coaching job was at Manchester. Coach Jarman hired Steve Alford to coach basketball here at Manchester. And Steve Alford is now the head coach at UCLA. Um, so his coaching journey started at Manchester and, and now is in, you know, at, at UCLA and who knows where it'll end up. But um, when I was out there, I always had that connection to, to – um, Los Angeles into Steve is pretty neat. Well, yeah, of course he'd come through Big Ten country too, and you know anybody that's yeah. kind of our age remembers Steve Alford playing in college, and then uh, you mm-hmm. know the, the, those teams that he was on there. But circling back to your career, this isn't your first Division three head job. Uh, talk a little bit about, about coming to McMurray, and then uh, how that situation unfolded. Yeah, the, so really interesting, you know, kind of process when, when I was getting ready to graduate in my. Um, with my master's from Central Michigan, you know, I, I had thought out some coaching opportunities and I actually had um, a couple, two, two opportunities. And one was going to be um, a, with a division one program, pretty prominent division one program. And I was going to be essentially the volunteer coach who got paid through camps. And it was through some connections that I had with Sean Charles and coach Braley, obviously that created this opportunity for me at a pretty prominent division one school. Or my other choice was go be a head coach in division three. Um, I wasn't sure if I was ready to be head coach and, you know, I, I decided that I was, and even though I, now that I know that I wasn't. Um, and so I ended up choosing to go to, to McMurray and um, it really, as a, from a coaching perspective, I think back on it, it was one of the most rewarding years of coaching that I've ever had because of, of the student athletes that I worked with, um, what they did and, and kind of how they bought into what I was asking them to do. And then, and, and then ultimately had some, some success and, and success relative to where they were not, you know, when you and I talk about what we're working towards success, we're not talking about all American honors. We're just talking about going out there and competing hard and, and getting some wins. Um, and so I reflect on that experience really as one of the most rewarding that I've ever had. And I learned so much about coaching and about people and individuals. And so, um, another tidbit of, about my career is I've, I've been a part of two programs that have, uh, that were dropped and then reinstated. And so, you know, it kind of hurts my fans a little bit because I'm kind of wondering if I'm not the reason they dropped. And then, you know, once they got rid of me, then, uh, you know, they reinstated. But McMurray ended up dropping, you know, a couple years after I left, they dropped and then reinstated recently. And then Fresno State, I was the head assistant with Sean Charles at Fresno State when they dropped the program and now reincarnated. And and, uh, it's pretty neat to see um, what they're doing out there with Coach Steiner. 
Well, also, you can also look at the the rise of programs. Princeton has become uh, a relevant player in the EIWA in South Dakota State, where you spent time. Uh, you know, they're they're ranked 12th yeah. in the country. So, uh, you know, there's there's also that, that stamp of success you can also yeah. claim versus the sure, death sure, nail. Yeah, sure. That's fair. I, I take that for sure. Now, when you just talked about the level of success and what it means, and is it? Do you think the wrestling community has has a different view of what success is? Uh, as it relates to, well, everybody should be uh, at a program. If, if you're coaching, you should want to win national titles. You should want to be the best. I mean, yes, that that is probably ultimately an underlying goal and a value. But at a school like Manchester, which hasn't had a whole lot of success in recent years, what are the benchmarks for success in, in year now in year three? But what were they coming in and, and what are you guys trying to achieve there? Well, I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about um, the ultimate goal is to, to have all Americans and national champions. And that, and that remains true for us. You know, we have uh, a pretty strong history and tradition, although it's been a long time since we've had um, some all Americans, but one of the, the things in that, that you can kind of carry with you. And we talk about often is it's not that we believe it's possible. We know it's possible because individuals before us did it. And, and that, you know, gives us a little a vote of confidence and um, helps in that development. But ultimately what, you know, the, the biggest difference I think between Coaching at this level and, and you know, say a Division One or, or higher level is is um, the opportunity to develop athletes. And so, you know, our benchmark here and what we're looking for in our student athletes is ultimately that they are are willing to work, um, that they are coachable, meaning they can take feedback, apply it. And then the last thing, and I think the most important thing, is that they have a capacity for change. And um, and that and that means you're always trying to be better, a better student, a better wrestler, um, you know, a, a all things in your life that you're trying to improve. And if you possess those three things, if you're willing to work, if you're coachable and you have a capacity for change, then we believe that at Manchester, anything's possible. And, th- and that's going to be what leads us to, um, you know, hanging those, those banners in the, in the main gym and, and putting all Americans on the wall. And, and right now we have a couple guys in our season um, now that are kind of right on that fringe that came into our program in my first year, or were here just before I got here. And I've gone through that process and really committed to that process and enjoyed that process. And, and now we're ready to reap some of that, um, reap some of that benefit and, and, and ultimately get some more All-Americans up there. We look at the records the last three years since you've been there, 2-9 first season, 5-12, 4-9 this year, going into uh, the end part of the season with duels against Trine, Mount St. Joseph, and you guys hosting the Mid-States Invitational coming up. You, you look at those dual meet records, you're like, well, the, okay, wins but you know you also <laughs> yeah. look at this year's schedule you're in the national duels and you got loris Ferrum, baldwin wallace on the schedule so uh, i guess that that win-loss record might be somewhat deceiving but uh you know how much better is is this four and nine team than last year's five and twelve team was it, it's actually significantly better in, in uh you know it's interesting because as a program we we've kind of adopted this anybody anytime anywhere kind of mentality towards our approach and we feel like that's a big part of what's going to get us to where we want to go. Um, but as you know, you know, our, our athletic director, he looks at that and he sees four and nine. He doesn't see um, Wabash college and Loris and, and, you know, and co and, and um, you know, all those other great programs that have, that, um, you know, have beat us pretty good. And so it's a balance. I think um, our team this year, we, we have seven seniors and that's been just huge. And I think because of that, we've been able to really challenge ourselves um, and, and maybe take some lumps, but grow from it in a really positive way. And, and so now we have um, a couple duels here to finish up before we hit the regional. And I, and I think 
we're going to perform our best um, when it matters most. And, you know, that's really what's important. You know, in all your journeys across all levels, what year do you think the coach has, has the biggest influence? I, I, I tend to think it's that second recruiting cycle. You know, after you've been there four years, you've had a kids through, you know, which kids to bring in for the culture of the program and, and which kids that, okay, you know, you know who not to take a chance on based on, uh, you know, experience, but in your travels, where do you, where do you see the biggest jumps in program gains with new coaches? Uh, that's a really great question. You know, um, I think you're, you're probably pretty close. I think that that second recruiting cycle is a big part of it. And, and that's not to take away from, you know, for example, our seniors who weren't a part of my recruiting class, any of my recruiting classes, but, but really um, have bought into what we're going to do. And, and, and when we kind of reflect on where this program is going and where it's going to be, much of it will be because of those seniors in the program now that um, went through a coaching change and just said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to get on board and I'm going to be all in and I'm going to do uh, what this new coach is asking me to do because I believe in him and I believe in what we're trying to accomplish. And so I think to answer that question, it varies so much on the individuals, but um, you know, next year will be season four, but re- really year three because I got hired in November. So, you know, we're probably you know two years away from turning into a program where it's just, you know, my guys, so to speak. Um, so hopefully that's the time when we, 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 we make that jump. But um, I think for us, this year has been um, a great positive step forward that's going to have a big impact on our program for a long time to come. Before coming back to Manchester, you spent time in Los Angeles, which you had alluded to earlier, but you were you were not actively in college coaching. You were with the Beat the Streets Los Angeles program. And uh, explain what that program was like and what you got out of it for those who may be unfamiliar with what Beat the Streets actually is. Well, it's an amazing program, and um, you know, my in a lot of ways, the reason I ended up in Los Angeles w- w- with that program was because of my college coaching prior and, and just some relationships that I built. But we have essentially built a an after school um, youth sports program with wrestling as the hook. And you know, I, I kind of talk about you know, we as coaches and as wrestlers, really, we just we value so much uh, what wrestling teaches us, and I just believe that wrestling just has a really unique way of teaching those values of, of discipline and sportsmanship and humility and all those great things I think that are important um, in, in all aspects of life. But, but really, you know, there's other things to do that too. But, you know, for us, wrestling, um, to, you know, created this opportunity to get kids together to talk about this amazing sport. And then within that structure and with that, in that framework, we, you know, tried to impart in them those great character building um, things. And you, you probably have heard the name Andy Barth a million times and he's just an amazing human being with such a, a a huge heart that he really wants to impact as many people as he can um and he's the driving force behind Beat the Streets LA and a lot of people don't know also that the the concept of Beat the Streets started in Chicago although New York you know has kind of taken it to another level and brought it into the um you know the forefront of the wrestling community it started in Chicago a long time ago and then New York took it and a guy named Mike Novogratz got behind it, and you know the rest, as they say, is history. And um, Novogratz is a Princeton alum, and so I was fortunate to get to know Novo a little bit when I was at Princeton. And then when I left Princeton, and you know had that kind of coaching journey to South Dakota State, and then ultimately to Fresno State, I stayed in connection with some of those groups. And through that connection, um, I got word that Andy Barth, this individual in Los Angeles, was looking to start this program. And for me, it was just a great opportunity to take, to get back involved and 
and and um, and contribute to wrestling in a different way. Um, and so that's you know made that connection with Andy. And I was the very first employee, and and it would beat the streets of LA. And then Yaru Washington started a couple of weeks later, and Yaru has just been a um, a great you know influence on me as well, and a great mentor in a lot of ways. And so Yaru and I just hit the ground running with with Andy's support, and we grew this thing from. We started with two programs, um, just kind of pilot programs in, in Los Angeles. And when I left two and a half years ago or a little over two years ago, we had over 22 program sites, about 600 kids. Um, it was just, you know, an amazing journey and something that I reflect on a lot. And in that process, I had always thought, you know, if there was ever an opportunity to get back into coaching, there's probably a one place that could bring me back. And that would be, um, you know, Manchester, my alma mater. And so when that opportunity arose, um, I kind of jumped at it to bring my family back to Indiana. Um, but it wasn't easy because I just had so much um, passion for what was going on in L.A. And I actually talked to Yaru yesterday. We stayed in touch. And um, so it, it's pretty neat what they're doing. And I I'm, I'm feel like it's uh, a you know, blessing to have been a part of it. Yeah, and that, that journey back to Manchester after you'd spent, uh, you'd talked about your circuitous route. What did you walk into, and uh, you know what were some of the first things that you had to do with the program, other than have lunch with Tom Jarman and tell him here's what not to do? <laughs> it, it, well, so I started. It was kind of a late process. So the previous coach um, left in September, but it was you know as as many things happen at this level, it takes a little bit of time to get that process. And I started in November first, and our first competition was November sixth. So. I had three days of, of training with our guys before we headed out to Platteville for a, a pretty tough three days? Um, early season. Three days. Three of, days. Of, of working with the guys. Yeah, I started on November 1st, but you have two days of orientation and you got to, you know, you do all that stuff. Um, so it, w- it was crazy. And even looking back on it now, I don't know uh, what these guys were probably thinking about this, this new coach that was coming in and, and sitting in their corner and who knows what I was yelling at the time, but, um, but the, the good thing about that was we didn't have any time to dwell, right? We just needed to get to work. And everybody felt that. And I think in a lot of ways, the timing of it benefited all of us because we just jumped right in. Um, we had a, a really good group of, of upperclassmen um, at that time, you know, a couple of seniors and juniors that, that really bought in. And we lost a couple um, that, that just didn't have the passion or didn't have the, the drive that um, – you know, kind of see it, see it through the way that we wanted them to see it through. And, and by we, I mean, you know, my coaches and then the, the, the rest of the team. Um, and that's okay. You know, and, and some of those guys I still talk to and, and because they remained on campus and, you know, one of them actually that quit uh, in that first couple of weeks, just recently joined our program as an intern. And he's a senior now and he's serving this second semester uh, doing an internship with, with the wrestling program. So it's pretty neat to see that come full circle for him. And I think, you know, maybe, maybe uh, he wishes he would have stuck it out a little bit, but I think in the end it's, it's been a great choice for him and he gets to be a part of what we're doing. And it's been pretty neat to see, you know, and then there, I guess that leads into the question about attrition. Whereas uh, in, in some division three schools, let's look at the, at the Bergs, for example, uh, both of those schools have very, and I'm, of course, I'm not talking about Heidelberg, unfortunately. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Augsburg <laughs> and Wartburg. They have very large rosters, and you know, kids come in there, and they they may never see the mat time as as a, as maybe a state place winner in Iowa, Minnesota, and they may never start at a Division three college. But there's so much about being part of the program, and, and you know, the opportunities for Division three, uh, you know, reserves to actually get mat time in a lot of these opens. 
still keep the kids involved. And what's what's it been like for you to try to you know recruit, retain, develop, and and ultimately make sure that those guys that may not be in the starting ten get a valuable athletic experience out of this. Well, and you you know this, and the reason why they're the you know the Berks are so successful is because they have that, and that's you know it's so important for a program to have that depth and to have those individuals in the room that are really challenging each other to get better. And we talked about um, earlier the development of student athletes, and and some, and some of them are later than others, and some you know we'll have guys that will be you know in the lineup later in their career, whereas when they came in maybe they maybe they never even saw a path to being in the lineup, and so that's an important part of it, and that's something that that we we try to uh, reinforce and then ultimately um you came here to wrestle and you're going to wrestle and the way we're able to do that is through those tournaments and going to some of those big events and this year we've hosted a couple and we have um several open tournaments this year we hosted uh, the little state which is a a, a nice tournament in indiana we can enter as many guys we have uh, spartan mac classic which we had 18 teams this year and you know all of our guys get to wrestle there so everybody gets to wrestle home. We host the mid-stage, which is another event that even toward the end of the year where everybody gets to wrestle. And so for that, um, it, it's been a real it's been, it's been a real joy to be a part of that for those guys that maybe aren't going to see the lineup but but stay motivated. And uh, Valentin Kalika is somebody I worked with in Los Angeles. And, and Valentin, would, when we were developing our, our kids' curriculum, he said, um, they came to wrestle, so let them wrestle, right? And and so that was a message that we would drive home in our youth programs in LA that, that stuck with me. Hey, these guys came here to wrestle, so let's let's get them an opportunity to wrestle and go out there and uh, and, and show what they're capable of. And so I've I've definitely um, tried to do that here. When it comes to recruiting at the Division three level at a program that's that doesn't have the success recently, where you can point to is like, yeah, we were you know third in the country last year. We were we were, we were top ten. What is the challenge for recruiting, not just to uh, a Division three wrestling program, and, and Indiana's got a really good high school wrestling tradition. I mean, there, you know, the, the state tournament draws really, really well. Uh, there's some really good kids coming out of Indiana, but uh, there's there's now competition for those kids that may be looking as a Division three option. Of course, uh, Wabash down the road and Brian Anderson have done a great job at r- rising that program to to one of the nation's elite. But you know, what what type of challenges do you encounter bringing kids on campus to Manchester? It's it's a challenge. It's so different than when I was a student athlete, um, mostly because of opportunity. There's so many opportunities now um, for you know a young wrestler to to pursue wrestling in college, and not only in Division three with you know what what Brian's doing. And Brian is a, a close friend and a teammate of mine. I always try to remind him that he's a Manchester guy. Don't let him forget that. <laughs> um, but I, I have a I have a ton of respect for Brian and and what he's done and and what he's building. And um, interestingly, a little side note. Um, Rocky Burkett is a Manchester guy who's the head wrestling coach at Northern State in uh, South Dakota. And now Danny Irwin's the head coach at Wheeling Jesuit, and he's a Manchester guy. So we got some, you know, we're spreading our wings out there a little bit. Um, but the way that, that re- you know, the recruiting process is different than when I was an athlete. It's just there's so many more opportunities between Wabash, Trine's not far away, Ohio Northern's not far. Um, Indiana Tech now is, is doing really well at the NAI level. Marion University and just north of Indianapolis has an NAI program. And so we find ourselves you know, kind of battling for those those same kids. But I think it's great. I think it's great for the kids. And ultimately, um, I think it creates a great amount of parity and um, excitement in in the programs. And as we get better, um, I hope that we develop some rivalries with with teams like Wabash and um, and Trine and some of those other programs that are nearby. And I think it's just great for wrestling as a whole. And um, we believe in our 
process. We believe in, you know, what we're trying to accomplish. And as we communicate that to student athletes that buy in, um, you know, I think we're going to start having some more and more success. We've mentioned the Bergs again because they've basically won everything since uh, more, you know, your athletes weren't even uh, alive the last time a team outside of Wartburg or Augsburg won the Division Three championship. But when we look at the, the the landscape of Division Three wrestling, yes, we have more teams now than we have uh, had in the last 20 years. But what was the biggest thing you noticed about Division Three when you came back three years ago uh, that, that was, I guess, what was the biggest difference from when you left to when you came back? Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, it's, it's probably the same teams, right? It wasn't, it was quite a while, a while ago, but you know, they've been on success. I think, um, and I think you're starting to see, and, and this was really obvious to me when I first got back and I started really digging into, um, you know, division three rest. And I had always stayed close just because of guys like Brian and, and because of, um, you know, graduating from here, I always kind of stayed close. So I had a sense, but, um, to see what coaches were doing, um, like at Messiah and at Johnson and Wales and some of those programs that are, that are starting to kind of break through. And you can really see a path to one of those programs winning a national championship that, you know, maybe, you know, even four or five years ago, you know, wasn't the case. And I think, you know, I kind of alluded to the more programs will create some parity. And I think there's going to be, you know, some more and more programs that come up and, and start battling for that, um, for that opportunity to, to win a national championship. I know Brian's trying, you know, and, and he's getting really close. And I think, He's not going to stop trying. We're going to try to build something. Um, you know, I know Lonnie Morris is, is building something. And so there's some pretty neat things happening. And so it's going to be really fun uh, to see what happens in Division Three over the next five, six years. And uh, I think this the realignment of the regionals is going to contribute to that. Um, although, you know, it's still tough as nails. You know, there's so many great wrestlers every year that, that stay home. Um, and I hope maybe in the future there's an opportunity for us to grow that. When you look at your experience as an athlete and now your experience as a coach uh, at, at your alma mater, is 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 there something special about being able to to coach where you competed? I mean, we see we've kind of glossed over this a little bit earlier in the program, but to be able to coach at an alma mater, this is something we see a lot more in wrestling, it seems, than than other sports. It's, yeah, I wrestled here. It, it, it's like it's like almost a dream job. I want to come back and coach my alma mater. Yeah. It, it really is. I, when I talk to recruits, I, sometimes I, I feel like I'm a used car salesman because I have so much passion for this place, you know, and I, I hope it comes through as, as sincere, but I don't think, you know, you, you can have a, um, that kind of passion without being a part of it. Um, we, we're fortunate enough to have, you know, a great Hall of Fame coach that is, um, you know, instilled in a, a great number of wrestlers, you know, myself included, a uh, passion for this community and for this university. And, because of that, I think there's always going to be um, a coach here that, that feels that and believes that. And so it's a pretty special experience. And not only that, just because my family, you know, it, the roots run pretty deep here. It's pretty neat. And I know they have a lot of pride in, um, in the fact that I'm here. And, you know, it's been a really fun journey. But what's the best thing about being a Division three wrestling coach again? <laughs> again, um, it must be something, huh, since I came back. Um, it's, it's by far... Um, the students, the student athletes, um, it, any level of coaching really is important. But I think a Division Three is just a really unique student, um, a really unique student athlete, and in, in the way that you can build relationships and and kind of um, work for common goals and and share that process and share that journey with them. Um, unlike 
any other division, really. And and I know that because I've been to them all. Um, and so for that reason, I really do think that Division Three is the, the best division. Looking at the future of the program, the last All-American came in 2007. The program's only uh, Division Three national champion came in 2002. When are we going to see the next All-American and when are we going to see the next national champion at Manchester? How many weeks until uh, March 10th? We're, we're getting close, right? <laughs> a little over a month uh, away. Yeah, so, you know, it, it, I believe this, it, you know, with all my heart that, you know, that, that that's going to happen this year. You know, um, we have we, we have student-athletes in our room now that are capable of that. And, you know, the challenge as a coach is, is, is getting them to believe it the way that I believe it and the way that my assistant believes it. And um, my, my assistant, Brandon Music, wrestled at uh, University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, and he comes from a, a great tradition um, there as well, and he's, he's brought a lot of great insight um, from that program into our program. And, and he'll, he'll hate me for saying this, but he lost the national tournament to Manchester's last All-American. So Manchester's last All-American beat my assistant uh, at the national tournament to become an All-American. So uh, that's something our guys like to remind Coach Music quite a bit of, too, is a little bit of fun. But we're, we're working, you know, like I said, to get that next guy up. And I think it's going to happen this year. I really do. Um, and then from there, the sky's the limit. Plus, we need an excuse to bring Mark Adkins back to the uh, the annual <laughs> SID Buffalo Wild Wings uh, discussion where uh, our, our, our group of people will just uh, sing Rick Astley over and over uh, on the movie <laughs> table. Hey, he, 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 he loves wrestling, man. You couldn't, you couldn't ask for a, a better guy to, to, to kind of go down this journey with from, from a wrestling standpoint, so it's been pretty neat to have him. Kevin Lake here, our guest on the Ice Hour any final thoughts about uh, your journeys in coaching or, or what to expect from uh, the, the Spartans moving forward? I guess uh, that Spartan spirit joke's got to be uh, wearing thin right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, you know, we've got to find out a little, we need a little tagline. We need some help. You know, anybody out there that's got some ideas for, uh, you know, something, something uh, catchy that'll, that'll drive our program into that next level. I'm all, I'm all ears. Let's get tropical. Oh, wait, that's the other Will Ferrell. We can't quite use that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, again, you so, can check out the Manchester Spartans. Uh, where, where actually, where can they f- check you out? Let's let's put, let's put the sales pitch on you, Coach, versus me. Oh man, um, muspartans.com, Our schedule: Mark Atkins, the best, the best SID in the business. Um, we'll have all kinds of stuff up there. But we wrestle. We're home tonight against Trine. Um, should be a good little rivalry, and our guys will be fired up. And then you know we hit that Central Regional in a couple weeks, so um, we'll be ready to go. And and we appreciate all you do to to promote. D3 Wrestling. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.